When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Oh, there you go. It is Tuesday. Welcome to Tuesday and um, welcome to some half-decent weather. That's what all we can hope for at the minute. 17 degrees, partly cloudy, which is so much better than I think yesterday. It was minus 6 and there was rain coming from at stages from the ground. It was ridiculous. Bryce Gibbs is in and always brings a ray of sunshine. Morning to you, Gibbsy. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, for that uh, lovely introduction. And yeah, you're right. The, uh, it looks like the sun's out this morning, so good on us. Good on us. Yeah. Good on us, even though purely we can't control the weather, but good for us, eh? Good for you. We've been trying to get it over the line for a few days now. <laughs> yeah, and finally. Remember those, was it like two weeks ago or whenever it was, when there was a few days where it was over 30 degrees each day? And I took the opportunity on the Tuesday to really get the rig out and lay a bit of a base in terms of trying to get some colour for the summer. Did you? Yeah. Shirt off. Yeah, it did. What, in the backyard or? Well, the kids now, so I left the undies on. <laughs> Down at Channel 7. Didn't want to scar them. No, this is on my day off. Day off. Yeah. So um, I've got that luxury, but you not so much. What are you? Skin. You'd be a budgie smuggler type operator. I don't have any budgies. In, no. the, in the backyard. No. Reef oil on. No reef. <laughs> <laughs> no reef oil. Uh, definitely just the undies. Just to lay a nice, safe, healthy tan. <laughs> No such thing as a healthy tan. There's not, no. But okay. I, I reckon you'd be the sort of bloke who'd know where an underground solarium would be, I reckon, across town. It's funny you should say you'd that. You'd have those vibes, I reckon. It's funny you should say that because uh, my brother-in-law actually is someone who owns a solarium, uh, but he always has his house out for Airbnb, so it's really accessible. He's got a solarium in he his does. house. In his house, yes, in his garage. Really? Yes, so I'm told. Wow. <laughs> so I'm told. You get in trouble for that? No, no, no. There, there was a legal. time. No, no, they're not illegal because there was a time when they were outlawing them. Basically, yeah. you could buy them as long as it was for personal use. Yeah, right. You could actually buy one. He legally bought one. He's got one in his in his um thing. As long as he doesn't on sell it to people to come in, then he's fine. Does he use it himself still? Um, he did used to on sell it to people from. My- <laughs> <laughs> I've said too much. Hey, big show coming up, Gibbs. You looking forward to? It? We're going to speak to the one and only, uh, the general that is Michelangelo Rucci. We'll do that just after 7 o'clock. Mark Milligan, Adelaide United assistant coach. Big win against his old side, Huge. Melbourne Victory. Humming. So Reds. good to see that. Reds are on fire. Billy Dowling, um, we're looking forward to this kid play in the AFL. He's an absolute star in the making. Good, good kid as well from North Adelaide. Um, just knows how to find the football. A bit like a young Bryce Gibbs. Just the ball ends up in his hands. Average over 30 disposals in the under-18 competition. Was the MVP um, of the under-18s. A star in the making. He certainly is. I uh, I helped out uh, as an assistant coach in the under-18s this year, playing against Norwood, uh, North Adelaide, sorry. And, uh, yeah, watched him 
very closely and uh, certainly a smooth mover. So mm. hopefully he goes on to do some uh, big, bigger and better things in the next couple of years. It's just the kids these days as well. They're just, I, I don't, it's not media trained thing. They're just, they're not as, sh- I don't know, they're not as shy, they're not as reserved as say when you and I were 17 or 18 or the kids coming through back in the day. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's extra social media or whatever, but so Billy Dowling is just a, we'll speak to this kid. He's just a ripper, yeah. but no, they all are. It's not, it's not an arrogance, is it? It's no. like a, a confidence that comes with this generation. Yeah. Uh, they, they're certainly not shy and uh, they, uh, they'll, they'll tell you how they're going. Don't worry about that. Yeah, but in, in a good way as well. Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, we've spoken to Isaac Keeler. Uh, so we spoke to him on SEN a few days ago and then got to do a little th- piece with him yesterday for the news. And yeah, they're, they're kids, they're, they're more, they're more co- comfortable now because they have to, they have to sell themselves to AFL clubs. Like a recruiter will call them up and I don't know if it's changed from back when you got uh, um, picked up back in the day, but now it's like, well, why should we pick you up kind of thing? So they know exactly how to sell themselves. And you're right, they're just being completely honest. Yeah. So some of these kids, they're more comfortable. And it's not an arrogance thing, like you said, at all. They're more comfortable when they're selling themselves because they have to. Yeah, for sure. And I think the the way the junior programs are run these days as well, they're far more professional and uh, there's a lot more extra value to them these days. And when, when we were coming through the ranks, Hazy, and I think some of the clubs do actually do some media training with some of these kids. So to prepare them for, for interviews like, like today and, uh, and, and on TV as well. So they certainly uh, have got everything at their feet at the moment. We'll speak to Billy just before eight o'clock and then we're going to speak to David Zeta, who's one of the uh, best sports journalists over in Melbourne. Oh gosh, this this just reeks of an NRL scandal. What's happening with the um, AFL umpire betting scandal? But um, here we are. It's happening in the AFL mainly because uh, the uh, umpires and the referees, rather than the NRL, have nothing to do with the Daly M. It's purely an AFL thing. But yeah, what a situation the AFL finds itself in. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty significant situation, isn't it? I mean, uh, we we spoke about on Saturday mornings a couple of weeks ago some Netflix series we were watching and. Watch the untold um, Donahue Donahue uh, NBA ref that was yeah. uh, had given inside information to um, to some crooks who used it for, for betting purposes and um, yeah four arrested uh, over the last couple of days in relating to the Brownlow medal so uh, yeah it's pretty significant and um, yeah a, a young umpire finds himself in the fire line. Mm. I mean it's uh, just outrageous stuff, isn't it? I mean. You think about some of the big situations in world sport. I mean, you think of some of the uh, the bookies and st- stuff that are involved in, in cricket in particular because it's such an unbelievably large betting market. But that particular, it wasn't a 30 for 30, what is it? It's a it's an untold series. Untold, yeah. 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 That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous where there's a point in that episode where you, you're watching going, wow, imagine being so deep in something like that that you almost can't get out. Yeah, and that, that's... That's what it was, wasn't yeah. it? Like he, he just sort of, uh, it was a bit of a handy side project. Oh, it's a kind of a bit of handy money too. You find yourself so deep into something that's so, one, illegal, but almost, but also so unbelievably dangerous. It's yeah. like, now what do you do? For sure. You've got people hanging over your head. The mob, they, they said, uh, they, they, keep, they kept wanting this information and he felt like he had to nearly keep giving it to them to, uh, for his own safety at, mm. at one point. But um yeah, you don't think this will happen, especially in the AFL. But uh, 
yeah, we've got a situation on our hands here and obviously there's uh, the, the AFL Integrity Office and the police are, are investigating uh, the situation uh, currently unfolding at the moment. And uh, we, ha we keep getting uh, updated information uh, daily on, on how it's going. But uh, yeah, obviously four confirmed that are arrested and they're, they're trying to find all the information and getting to the bottom of what actually happened. You can give me some inside information. Should I put 100 down right now for Bryce Gibson winning the Gary Medal in 2023 or what? Oh, I tell you, the way I'm running around the Oval at uh, pre-scenes at the moment, uh, I've got a long way to go, Hazy, mm. so just plotting at the moment. What I did like yesterday is that uh, after we got off here, we had a chat with the sales team. We're in a different building, and uh, one of the sales team is led beautifully by James Seller, former Bay's teammate of yours before you went in separate directions. You went to the Blues, he went to the Crows, and then he went to the Demons. Um, is that you were saying something along those lines of, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm not so exactly up the front of the pack uh, in these pre-season runs. And then Celsi quickly jumped in and said, well, when were you at any stage of your career up the front? Yeah, well, you know, you, <laughs> what, what excuse is that, mate? Well, you don't win flags in November. I've, all, I've always said that. So uh, just, I'm more of a March, April type operator. So right, I usually, usually save it till about then. Yeah, so you've got to have some serious runs on the board because if you're a bit of a battler who needs to get some brownie points with the coach and you come in last in all the runs, it doesn't put you in good stead. If you've got a McGarry medal next to your name, then maybe you can turn up and come last yeah, in those runs. Look, it's, we've got an understanding, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. uh, text line 0427 that is open. Uh, best text this morning as well. Gets yourself a nice little prize as well. The Signet Boost Power Bank valued at fifty nine ninety five. We'll give that away before eight thirty. And of course, you can give us a call as well. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'm not a golf enthusiast, must be said. But we touched on this yesterday. Um, it is official. So the there will be a live tournament arriving in Adelaide, and I'm all for it. I feel like you really knew what was going on yesterday. You put the premier on the spot. You knew when it was going to be announced, and we did know there was an announcement. Sometime that day, we didn't know that it was going to be what less than an hour after we got off air. <laughs> yeah. When you quizzed him, he wanted to tell us all the information right then and there in the morning, I reckon, but had to hold off for an hour. But yeah, I, I reckon it's a, an unbelievable get for Adelaide and South yeah. Australia to have uh, a sporting event of, of this magnitude. And, and some of the, the athletes that are going to be rolling into town to play in this tournament, uh, we're going to be it's going to be pretty special. Mm. So, look, another. I mean, just another big sporting event that's turning up to Adelaide. It's a really, really good thing. So you can put that uh, along the same sort of category as the Adelaide 500, which is making a nice little return. Big sporting events returning to this country. I mean, we're not calling it the magic round. We're calling it the extra round. Uh, that's turning up as well. So there's always something good and solid happening on the horizon at the moment for Adelaide. And it's bloody good ahead of fringe and everything else that happens. We are the festival state. Absolutely smashing and living up to our names. Good on us. Yeah, when I say us, I mean it's... We're all in this together. So we're all in this together, yeah. but uh, let's be honest, it's more so Peter Melanousis and the crew, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll say us instead. And what he's done, he's done a terrific job of uh, of spacing these events. So it's sort of one thing rolls into the other, into the other uh, as well. So we've got something to look forward to pretty much up until, you know, winter next year. Mm. So he's done a, a terrific job, the Premier, in... in uh, Locking in some of these big events, not only sport, you know, we're talking the Fringe and the Illuminate Festival as well, which uh, have been big hits, obviously, over the last couple of years. So uh, what a time to, to be in Adelaide. What a time to be, not just alive, but also particularly in this part of Australia, in Adelaide. Uh, text line 0427 154 166. Uh, do you know what I'm looking forward to? What's that? Test cricket. 
in particular test cricket, returning to Adelaide. It's always probably the best time of the year because the weather's gorgeous as well. And what comes with test cricket is good cricket commentary. So you've done a little bit of research. You've just put together, uh, Gibbsy, your top five. Is it top five or is it more? Oh, there's a few more, but I, I sort of, I, I squeezed it into five. Squeezed into five, yeah. all right. So we've got your top top five cricket commentators. We're going to do it next. And there's some absolute rippers there. We'll do that before 6.30. So um, in the meantime, get involved. Ken, give us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Let's get around our good friends as well. Tire Power, of course. The great race sale is on right now. And Weeks, discover a better way to build weak homes, discover different. We're coming to you live from SCNSA's studio, Lumo, One King William. We are powered by Lumo Energy SA. It's 13 minutes past six. Good morning. Immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. I'm looking at 18 minutes past at 6 o'clock on 1629 SNSA, where you can get involved via the text line. It is 0427 154 Big shout out as well to our good mates at Chemist Warehouse. They are the real house of fragrances this Christmas. Uh, Test Cricket is returning very, very soon. I can't wait for it. And what comes with Test Cricket is outstanding expert commentary. You know me, I'm a Brayshaw fan. Big James Brayshaw. Always have been, always will be. He is a good commentator. Mm. But you're a man who's really, really opened up your ears and listened to some <laughs> cricket commentary over the <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah, I certainly have. And look, to be, to be honest, I'm, I'm not a huge cricket fan. Never have been. Back, I'm more of a backyard specialist. Never mm. didn't play, though, um, but... You know, I've certainly got uh, vivid memories of growing up as a kid, having mm. the, the test matches on TV and, and listening. And well, You bring in real uh, Arjuna Ranatunga vibes to pre-season training at South Adelaide <laughs> at the minute, so I hope, you're, uh, uh, I hope you're a better batsman than you are athlete at the minute. Been eating too many biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, give us your top five, then. So give I got your top best five. So I, I had to really have a think about it, and as I said, it, it brought up some... Um, some childhood memories, but I, I had a little bit of a formula going when, when selecting these guys. So knowledge of cricket, mm-hmm. being able to read the situation, obviously being familiar with the players. Yeah. They had to have a good memory, strong voice, yep. really important, and a good vocabulary. Mm, there you so go. So there's a couple of the, uh, the criteria that these, these uh, commentators had to meet. All makes sense. So I got five for you. Not in particular order, just, just five for you. Ian Chappell. Okay. Off the, off the top. Yep. Oh! He's really gone for that one. There's a chance in the outfield. Oh, and what a very good catch. That's a terrific catch there. Glenn McGrath, he is a good outfielder, but he had to go a long way to get there. But the, the really good part of the work was when he dived and still hung on to the ball. Okay, so that sums up Ian Chappell beautifully. Uh, in that to listen to that commentary roar, you would think that it was a you know a bit of, I don't know, maybe Glenn McGrath slightly going to his left. Maybe the ball was coming pretty quickly. It was one of the greatest catches of all time and probably the greatest catch that a fast bowler has taken of all time. <laughs> and that's the best that Ian Chappell could get. If you came home and you had a test and you said, look, and Ian Chappell was your dad, and you said, dad, I just got 98% on this test, he'd go, well, what the hell happened to the other 2%? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wasn't. Uh, he, he certainly wasn't the hype man of uh, of the commentary team, but uh, yeah, obviously, wealth of knowledge, and uh, he, he knew knew everything down to the T. Was Ian Chapel? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, Tony Gregg. Yep. 
Beautiful. The pitch today looks very good. Seems to me that uh, it'll play okay. It's a nice dry wicket. There's, uh, there are a few cracks out there, but uh, it seems to me to be very dry, and there's no way in the world it would be possible to get the key into the surface here. Very, very hard indeed. No way in the world it'll go in. Let's have a look at the wide world of sports weather watch. Humidity's on 42. Oh, absolutely iconic was the pitch report Wasn't back in the day. Get the key out. Get the key in there. Up and down. You'd wait for it. Get Wouldn't that we? key in there, Tony. Yeah. Um, the other thing that Tony was probably um, a little bit known for as well was, I mean, he saw the lighter side and more, maybe the more fun side of cricket. It's a 5-4-304, slowly but surely, the South Africans are clawing their way back. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And she looked gorgeous. <laughs> well, go on then, say something. He won't say anything. It's got to be a pigeon before he comments. You dig a hole, you fill it up, mate. <laughs> Good call from Bill. That's a great call from Bill. Oh, but just imagine a commentator doing that right, saying that right now. Like a, 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 the camera pans onto a, a lady in the crowd, and they say, "Boy, doesn't she look gorgeous?" <laughs> Was it a camera funny. pan, or did he did he have his own binoculars uh, sure. from the commentary box? We're we're unsure there. Uh, next one, Richie Benno, of course. Yeah, it had to fit him in the top five. And uh, that's what it is, so far as I'm concerned. Time to say goodbye. I can add to that. Thank you for having me. It's been absolutely marvellous for 42 years. I've loved every moment of it. And uh, it's been a privilege to go into everyone's living room throughout that time. What's even better... It's been a great deal of fun. But not so for the batsman. McGrath has picked him up. As <laughs> the timing that was of that. His farewell. His farewell little commentary gig in England. So that was in 2005 and just seamlessly. Uh, not always a whole heap of words, but the words that he did select, always absolutely flawless. Yeah, and for the, for the long period of time that, that he did it for as well. And you still love seeing... At the Sydney Test, the uh, couple of hundred people that, yeah. that dress up as him in the crowd—it's uh, it's always good to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, one of our very own, the great Jared uh, Whateley. Nawaz in goes to Ashwin, drives for the win, up over the top of mid-off for four. This princely ground has never seen a moment like it, and while Ashwin strikes the winning blow. It is King Coley who reigns in Melbourne. Yeah, it was one of the great T20 matchups that you would have seen uh, in your triumph a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Jared Whateley, one of those guys who is, I mean, is there, has Jared Whateley ever used a false word? You talk about selecting the right words at the right time 100% of the time. He's in that same bracket. So Richie Benno was the pioneer. Jared Whateley, exactly the same. Yeah, for sure. He, he just got this unbelievable ability to capture the moment. And, and say the right things in the right time, doesn't he, mm. is Jared. Uh, and the last one to round out the top five, uh, and I reckon this bloke would be in a lot of guys' top five, uh, and it's Kerry O'Keefe. <laughs> I prayed for Somerset in 71, 72, um, and uh, the, the River Tone is at one end and there's a cemetery at the other. So when I bowled from either end, it either came back wet or with bones on it. <laughs> 
And that's why you were so good yesterday, King, because after your party, <laughs> you were asked to follow on. <laughs> the, the downside of the warning being involved with Kuldeep Yadav is that Kuldeep has now started smoking and eating party pies. <laughs> no. <laughs> Double dip? Well, she called me into bed one morning during the winter at 1am and I said, no, darling, Virat's batting. <laughs> I'm a chammy. Chammy's good in the wet. <laughs> Only Bob Marley could find grass in that. Iconic skull. What are the laugh as well? That's the best. The oh. Iconic laugh post, uh, post a gag. Sometimes really. as well, you're like, I'm not even sure if that was funny, but <laughs> it's Gary's laughing now. I'm laughing. Oh, brilliant. Oh, so there you go. Man. There's me, uh, my top five. Very good stuff. So, Chapel, Tony, Greg, Richie, Benno, Jared Waitley, and Kerry O'Keefe. Very nice. Who missed out? 0427154166. Um, I mean, a few late sort of people who maybe push Mark Nicholas. Thoughts on Mark Nicholas? Yeah, I, I did rate him, but you can't fit everyone into can't a fit top all five, enough. can you? Mark I mean, Nicholas, I, Mark I really Taylor. enjoyed listening to uh, to Warney as well in the commentary, but he was a, he was more of a special comments type operator. But uh, what he had to say in depth as well uh, didn't get any better than than that from the late great Shane Warne. But uh, yeah, I've uh, can't fit them all in. Michael H. Michael Holding. Back in the day, iconic voice, uh, West Indian superstar. Um, all right, we'll take some nominations. Uh, who could be in that list? Oh four two seven one five four one double six. And we're talking about all these people who are just so flawless with their word use. Um, <laughs> Bryce Gibbs doing a little tyre power uh, live road before. Not so selective with his words. To look after your tyre safety on and off the road, get the tyre of expert advice at Tyre Power. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'm stepping into this role. I feel like I, I may be <laughs> dyslexic. <laughs> I, you learn a lot about yourself, I, don't you? I tend to do this a lot with these live reads, etc. But do you know what? You know what's rattled me this morning because it was a tire power live read. My car wouldn't start this morning, <laughs> yeah. so I'm at home trying to start my engine. It's ticking over like the battery was flat or something, yeah. and I could not get my car to start. So the, that tied in with a, a roll in here, and it needed to read something about. Tires this yeah. morning, it was, and then you I was really in. rattled. And then you roll in. Tire power, power buying, power your lane, race, biggest independent, get one free. <laughs> and walked off like I'd nailed it. Yeah. And then strutted out. We're like, come back here, Bryce. Let's rearrange those words yeah. just ever so slightly. 628 on 1629 SCN SA. Good morning. On class leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Yes, it is uh, 27 minutes to 7 o'clock on this Tuesday. Top of 17 degrees across Adelaide today. Text line already nice and busy, so thank you for getting involved. 0427 154 166, nice little nomination for your commentators. Bill Laurie, probably could have got him in there. If there was a top six, he would have been in there, I would have said. <laughs> There's a top ten, I could have got them all in there. Again. Yeah, uh, including Michael Clark. No, you just, <laughs> just missed out. Uh, Didn't quite pop. squeeze in the no, top ten. I couldn't tenor. get pup in there. Yeah. Uh, this text from Dracos. He said, Tony Gregg actually dropped his key, hotel key, in a crack in the pitch during a pitch report one time. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's outstanding. Uh, great text as well. Thank you from Mark in Perth, our good friend over there. He said, uh, just happened to wake up in tune at 3.40 here, jumped in early yesterday and secured live ground passes and accommodation for my golfing mate and myself. Uh, mate's a huge Mickelson fan. I've been following Cam Smith for years. A great initiative premier. Um, good text. And we're getting a lot of texts already coming through, just getting r- right around Peter Malinowskis. 
uh, one from our friend Callum. We said, can't wait for Big Pete to announce the Super Bowl's coming to Adelaide. <laughs> Jeez, we can only hope, eh? Yeah. That'd be brilliant. Um, I can't finish it with that. Also, are we already back to doing lists? I mean, collection of thoughts. Are commentators of cricket? Well, they're just putting through a couple little collections of thoughts. Callum, you got a collection of thoughts on anything? Get it through. 0427 154 166. Callum, I'm not happy with the list. No, oh, no, Callum's, Callum's got a very, very sharp, a very um, a quick eye for, for detail and uh, picks up on little bits and pieces when we're trending in different directions. Yeah, okay. Mm. So he keeps you accountable. Yeah, that's our boy, well, Callum. That's all right. It's good. Not just here, but also on social media as well. <laughs> it doesn't miss. You don't want to take him on. Uh, and this one, hey, boys, Billy Birmingham is the best commentator, as he can do all of them at one with one voice box. That's from the Gold Coast Crow. It's a very good point. 12th man, very, very smart and very uh, talented operator. Turning to our weather wall now, and what an impressive-looking piece of equipment it is. Very colourful and high-tech. But in point of fact, it's all bloody useless information that won't make a rat's arse of difference. <laughs> We could let that play on <laughs> before it gets into um, sheepish areas when he uh, interviews David Boone and does a, a crotch test. A play comfortability test, yeah, I think it was. It. <laughs> that's it. Oh, goodness. All right, 6.35 on 16.29 SENSA. Do you want to thank the Thai Power? Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Let's get into the news. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. I'm looking Powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. It's time to get stuck into a sports update. We're going to talk about live golf and hear from Greg Norman just after 7 o'clock. But let's start with some NBA and... Josh Giddy just absolutely turning it on. Very impressive. Um, equaled a very impressive NBA record yesterday. That's one of the best arenas on the planet. That is Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks. Okay, see, Giddy lit up the garden in a comfortable win. 145 to 135 in the early hours of Monday morning, scoring 24 points to go, 12 assists and 10 rebounds. Nice little triple double. He's fifth. Uh, with it, Giddy also joined NBA legend Wilt Chamberlain as the only other player in league history to record triple doubles in their first two games at the Garden. He told reporters post-match about his impressive feat. The Aussie couldn't help but smile, but it's clear Giddy's priority lies with the team, and we love that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, any time you're the names within a company like that, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats is special, but um, you know, basketball's a team game, so if, if those things contribute to winning and, um, you know, helping my guys around me be better, then, um, you know, it makes it worth it. So, um, but yeah, any time you can be mentioned within, you know, the names of greats like that, um, it's special. Uh, he's really, really impressive operator, is Josh Giddy. We loved him in his short time here, and He's humble, and he's going to be a star, and his next contract is going to be mind-blowing. Yeah, it is going to be very good. And we love watching him play because he does a bit of everything. You uh, you just mentioned there, he's, uh, he scored a triple-double. So, uh, you know, points, rebounds, assists, he does it all, and we love watching him play. Mm. The Strikers, though, they lost to Brisbane last night in the most bizarre circumstances imaginable. The Strikers scored one more run than their opponent in the exact same number of balls faced, but officially lost by two runs. The Duck... Worth Lewis system played its part with Brisbane's first innings total of six for 114 from 16 overs adjusted to win the target of 118 for the Strikers. Despite losing wickets at regular intervals during the chase, the Strikers took the run chase down to the final ball. Number 11, Darcy Brown was on strike for the final ball with the Strikers requ requiring three runs to win. And Brown goes big and goes long. 
the Brisbane Heat win an absolute thriller. Oh, jeez. The Duckworth-Lewis model just um, confusing people all over again. So what is confusing as well is when you go, because I've got my cricket app up, when you go into the cricket app, it's got... Adelaide Strikers, 115 from 16 overs. Uh, Brisbane Heat win by two runs with six for 114 of 16 overs. Yeah, you'd be rattled, wouldn't you? It's, it's, you'd think it's a typo. It is brain rattling. Yeah. Mm. But here we are. Um, the Strikers, unfortunately, have lost. But having a very, very good season the Strikers in the WBBL. In the Sheffield Shield, though, <laughs> the Redbacks fell to inevitable innings defeat yesterday against WA, resuming the second innings at 6 for 66. Didn't take long for WA balls to rip through what remained of the Redbacks' batting lineup. As it turned out, the Warriors needed only to take three wickets with the Jordan Buckingham not coming to the crease after the fall of the ninth wicket. Um, Menenti continued his fine debut season, top scoring with 39. He was the final wicket fall with the Redbacks dismissed by just 117 to lose by an innings and 28 runs. Redbacks... We'll switch to one-day mode on Wednesday in their top-of-the-table clash with WA at the Wacker. So one-day form looking very, very good. But unfortunately, same old story for Sheffield Shield. <laughs> it's an absolute pants job, isn't it? It's a genuine pants when, job. Whenever you lose by an innings and runs, it's, uh, it's not a good day at the office. What they call that is a genuine shellacking. Um, you're an absolute mad follower of the world game. Are you a Ronaldo fan? I, I don't mind him. You just yeah. appreciate him. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been very good for a, a very long time. Mm. Uh, and he's in hot water. So Cristiano Ronaldo has publicly raged at his Manchester United coach and club in an explosive interview that all but ensures he's played his last and final game at Old Trafford. The Portuguese great is about to head to his fifth and almost certainly final World Cup, but in a soon-to-be-released 90-minute interview with English talking head Piers Morgan, Ronaldo fumed his uh, treatment since a bombshell return to the Premier League last year. Ronaldo told Morgan he believes the club is trying to force him out. They're trying to force you out, yes. Not only the coach, but the other two or three guys there around the club. At Uh, the senior executive level? Yes, that I felt betrayed. And you think they're trying to get rid of you? Honestly, I should not say that. I don't know. But listen, I, I don't care. I'm always, people should listen to the truth. Yes, I feel betrayed. And I felt that some people that don't want me here, not only this year, but last year too. See, look, I'm someone who is absolutely watching this from the sidelines and looking at different commentary and there's different little aspects where you know, Ronaldo refused to be the sub few little spats that he's had with teammates, etc. Took off early. Took uh, off early. Before the game finished, went down oh, in the tunnel. Oh, it's not good. This is such a stain on what is just an iconic career. And, yeah, it's just, it's heading towards a horrible divorce. Yeah, it is. And looking from afar, I mean, uh, it's this is what I take out of it. I think he he still wants to be the man. And where he's at his, in his career and, and, you know, dynamics of the team that, it gets to a point where you need to take a back seat and, and let some of these other guys, younger guys, take control. But I think he still wants the play to come through him. And they're, they're saying it's not going to be like that anymore, Cristiano. So, and, and he obviously isn't taking a liking to that. So, And as we know, in, uh, in say, the EPL or the NBA, you're dealing with these big personalities, these big egos. And uh, sometimes when it clashes... Clashes big time. Yeah, that's the the big dynamic, isn't it? To find some of these players who are genuinely... It's unbelievable that in world sport, you find so many of these players who 
refused to be anything else but the man and would sacrifice so much team success just to be the man. And some of these big players who refused to play with other big players and thought, geez, it's pretty simple. So you know how I feel about LeBron James. I mean, I'd die for that man. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I really, really go into bat for him hard. But particularly back in the day where he could say, okay, look, I'll, I'll team up. And everyone's going, well, you're cheating. You're making a super team. Well, this should have been done years and years ago if some of these other stars would accidentally just hold their ego in check and say, you know what's going to be really, really good for my individual legacy if I have more rings. Yeah. And let, let's not take away what Cristiano Ronaldo has done for the best part of 20 years. Like he has been, him and Lionel Messi have been the two two best players in the world for for the best part of two decades. So, uh, and, and he's brought a lot of team success along along the journey as well. We're talking uh, League Cups, uh, Champions Leagues, you name it. He's done everything. So what, what he's done in his career is has been unbelievable. But, yeah, just having these, these little spats late in his career uh, just takes the shine off it a little bit. What if, he, uh, what if there was talk that he might end up at your Liverpool? No, I'm, we'll get him to the Reds down here. The way they're going. Hello, we'll, United we'll, Reds. We'll slip in, slip in, in, in uh, yeah. All these uh, sporting events we've got coming here. Where yeah, the, there you the, go. It's the uh, it's the town to be in, the, the state to be in. So uh, we might start petitioning that. Look, I'm not sure. I don't know Cristiano Ronaldo's management, but I'm not sure that Adelaide United is in the radar right now. But <laughs> I tell you what, the way Peter Malinowskis is going, you're right. Um, there's two things that we need to get happen. That is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to the Reds <laughs> and the, uh, and and the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> if That's anyone can make step. it happen, it's Mally. Don't anyone can that. make it happen. Uh, it's Pete Malinowskis. He's on fire. 6.47 on 16.29 SENSA. We'll do our footy shorts next. And we'll do it thanks to Weeks. We don't replicate. We create homes that transform lives. Weeks homes discover different. And just a quick one as well. Show your support for McHappy Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas for only $5. Money raised will go towards Ronald McDonald House charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children and their families. Immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Party people! I see it, but I don't believe it! There is a pig at full forward. Stevie Mobler, what a time! Oh! Oh, he is floating on air now! Simon! They went a little bit prematurely there with Michelangelo Rucci. Hold your horses there, Roach. We'll get him on in about 20 minutes' time. Don't worry about that. Uh, let's go with our footy shorts. We'll talk about the AFL betting scandal in just a few minutes. But the AFLW has been left in shock after Adelaide Crows' 2017 Premiership winner Heather Anderson died at the age of 28. The details of her passing have not been released. However, the Crows released a statement saying uh, her death was unexpected. So the former Army medic became the first Northern Territory-based player drafted by the AFL, uh, Adelaide Crows rather with the 10th pick of the 2016 draft ahead of the first season of the AFLW. In the 2017 grand final, she suffered a dislocated shoulder, which required a second surgery on her right shoulder and effectively ended her career. Anderson was a fan favourite, wearing a distinctive pink headgear, which she explained was her vision-impaired mother could spot her. Um, so there you go. Um, thoughts go out to uh, all of her supporters, family, friends, etc. But um, yeah, that was not good news to see yesterday. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Condolences out to the family and, and everyone affected with this uh, 
unexpected passing. Um, our thoughts are with you guys for sure. Um, we will speak about the Crows more as well because they've got a big game this weekend, of course, Friday night, taking on the Brisbane Lions. That's happening at the Gold Coast. Um, they'll go in probably as underdogs, but that's okay. It's a position they like to be in. And like you've mentioned before, Gibbsy, they're going to have their best player back, and that is Chelsea Randall, unless the AFL somehow... <laughs> it's only Tuesday. They find a way to rule her out. We'll see how we go. So, I mean, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. And the old cliche, let's just take it one day at a time. But right now, Chelsea's playing until she's not. Well, we thought she was playing last week and uh, she got ruled out at the last minute via the AFL. So, yeah, fingers crossed she gets uh, the tick of approval this week and uh, she's back out playing with the Crows. Mm. Uh, AFL CEO Gil McLaughlin may have resigned back in April, but the footy community is still no closer to finding out when exactly the boss's last day will be. The odds are shortening that he will stay on in the role in 2023 with plenty of work to do to clear the decks for the next CEO. McLaughlin had pledged to finish the new collective bargain agreements for both the men's and women's competitions, commit to a new broadcast deal and provide a recommendation on a possible team in Tasmania. But he's also dealing with the fallout from the alleged Hawthorne racism scandal and remains determined to stay on for that investigation as well. McLaughlin's replacement will become just the fourth AFL CEO in 26 years um, as a whole. And look, feel free to challenge me on this. Please do. Give us your thoughts. 0427 154 Gilmer has been outstanding. Do you reckon he really wants to leave? Whoa. He just wants to hang on and keep keep getting these things done. Does he want to hang on? Or are they saying, please, Gil, just... just... <laughs> Fix a few little things here before you head off. And as like mentioned before, there's a lot of things still to tick off that he wanted to tick off, which aren't going to happen overnight, particularly the Tasmanian situation. Yeah. No, they're not. And it'd be pretty tough for someone just to come in and and uh, halfway through a lot of these things and, and try and get them done. So uh, he's the man. He, he's a very impressive human. And uh, he will be hanging around until he ticks these things off his list. Mm, who does it next? Probably Peter Malinowskis if he wants it. The way he's going, the way he's, he's going. got my vote. I mean, the way that uh, Peter Malinowskis is going right now, he could get a, a team in Tassie tomorrow if you want. Third AFL team here. He'd get, his th- he'd get a third team here. Get an NFL team. <laughs> on the, bring the Rams back. Bring that, the Rams back. The next one that's, well. on, that's, on, that's top priority, isn't it? Bringing the Adelaide Rams back into the NRL. Uh, this text from Daniel as well. Hi, Legends. Good to hear you. I've been in the US for a month attending American sports, NFL games, as well as game three of the World Series. Australian sport sports are so far behind over there. It's an extravaganza. We need an NFL game in Australia. Oh, geez, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? You could set it up too. I mean, I've just, I'm talking without actually researching here, but the same sort of dimensions. I'm thinking somewhere like it would be Stadium Australia. I don't even know what they call it right now, but or even the new refurbished SFS in Sydney. Jesus, I mean, you could put it at the MCG if you thought you'd get a crowd like that, but you that, do need a genuine sort of rugby league square stadium would look ideal. They'd have to play it at the G. They'd pack it out. An NFL game here in Australia, they would, 100%. It'd be full. The G would be full. Like like they've had EPL games. They've had um, State of Origin games, yep. which they've they've just shortened uh, the pitch, but uh, yeah, that, it'd have to be at the G. They'd have 100,000 there. Wow, geez, that would be a spectacle, wouldn't it? And they get NFL games to London. Yeah, And they're do. successful. Yep. So there you go, a little promotional game. Obviously, the only issue is that it's such a short season. And the travel. And the travel. The travel here. For the players. It. I mean, obviously, they're going to get here in style. Don't worry about that. But 
it's not exactly traveling from, I mean, it's not fun for an AFL player to be continual traveling from Perth could to Brisbane. Do, could you do it um, maybe like the last round of the year, teams that aren't going to be playing in the in the playoffs because then they, what, they go into a week off for the All-Star game? Pro Is Bowl, yeah. Pro Bowl, so maybe it could be, be a, a schedule thing, but yeah, it'd be pretty pretty hard to make happen, you would have thought. You'd hope that it's something that could be doable sometime in the future. So... Even a pre-season game, a pre-season game would be fun. Wouldn't be as good as a, a real season, a real game for points, but yeah, that'd still draw a pretty big crowd. I would have thought something just to get, uh, just to see, just to see what sort of uh, interest there is here. I mean, any sorts of American sport. Daniel's spot on. I mean, when was the last time you were over in America and you experienced some of the culture that comes with their big time sport? It's insane. Yeah, it is good. They they entertain you. That's probably the the biggest thing with the you know, and it's been debated here in. Um, the AFL with music after goals and that people, some people don't like it. Mm. When you go to America, like that's all they do is play music and, and things after it's a show team score. And they just, they, it's an experience. That's, that's what most sports over there. When you go to, you have a genuine experience. Um, Jace, our producer just whispered a sweet nothing into my ear. He said, pre pandemic, there was a major league baseball game that was happening in Sydney. So there you go. Any sorts of little spectacle pieces like that, be all for it. They had the basketball here not too long ago as well. Donovan Mitchell and, and the likes. When the, they played um, against the Boomers, didn't they? The, you at Team USA? Yes, that's when their, I reckon it was that, but their fifth string team turned up. Was that when there was all the debacle because they sold it as LeBron James is coming, James Harden is coming, <laughs> and none of those guys, guys came at all. Yeah, but still, the, the third and fourth string still Team USA good. are still... Just as good as, as anyone else. Still good. But yep. originally you were paying for tickets to see LeBron James. That was a big selling point. Okay. That, was, that was marketed like that, wasn't mm. it? Um, all right. 7 o'clock on 1629 SCNSA. Let's talk about this AFL betting scandal next. And, of course, there is another big sports event coming to Adelaide. Jeez, we're all for it. The Live Golf uh, Tournament will be at Grange very, very soon. Looking forward to it. We'd love to get your thoughts as well. 0427 154 166. Uh, I do want to thanks to Weeks. We don't replicate. We create homes that transform lives. Weeks Homes Discover Different coming to you live from SCNSA's Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Here's the news. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than that man I'm looking at you. Three minutes past seven o'clock. Good to have you on board this morning. 0427 154 166. That is the text line. Of course, you can give us a call at any stage, all the way up until 8 30. 1300 736 736. Get yourself in the mix for this little Signet Boost power bank valued at 59.95. Because, I mean, if there is a flaw from particularly the iPhone um, family, that is that your battery runs out at about four o'clock. So you need one of these little boost power banks to keep you going, Gibsy. Can this boost power bank uh, boost my car battery that seems to have? Flooded and not t- turned over this morning. I mean, that's a big ask. That's a big I'm ask sure for the can. boost. I'm sure it can. Oh, I'm sure it can. They're pretty powerful units. I think that's going to drain the little signet straight up. But well, if it starts my car, yeah. it can charge it. your phone and also a Holden Rodeo. <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> Colorado. Excuse me. Uh, four minutes past at seven o'clock, and uh, look, there's a lot of talk about this morning, including. The AFL betting scandal that's happening um, in Melbourne. This is unbelievable. Michael Pell is the umpire arrested as part of Victorian police investigation into the Brownlow betting scandal. Reports from the Herald Sun 
It's understood Pell, who's 32, was interviewed by detectives in relation to allegations he engaged in conduct that corrupts or would corrupt a betting outcome. Reports have stated there are numerous rounds in question for the suspicious betting activity. Pell was promoted to the AFL's field umpires list earlier this year, so the maximum sentence for the alleged offending is 10 years imprisonment. This is a big story. Uh, this is huge. Uh, and it's one of those things, you, we've obviously heard a few cases of this happening overseas uh, in American sports, but uh, you sort of just don't think it'd happen here. But it's, you don't, do you? There's obviously a risk of it happening. And um, I mean, as players, you're, you're certainly educated on this thoroughly from year to year in terms of uh, inside information and what you can and can't say, even to family members and, and friends in terms of uh, selection and, and things like this. So uh, it's certainly... From a player's point of view, it's an absolute no-go zone. Uh, and the umpires fall under it as well, abs- absolutely. So, um, so yeah, the reports are saying that it's it wasn't from the, the overall outcome as the winner. So Paddy Cripps won. It, it, was, it was more the round-to-round live betting. Uh, and I think the games that Pell was involved in. I think that's what they're, they're looking into. So. So, so potentially, so what they're saying is that he knew some stuff and he might have told some people. I've allegedly, yeah, that's, okay. that's what's been, been said. So they're not saying that he, I mean, which would be aggressive. And when you say, look, 10 years imprisonment, that's top scale. And we'd assume, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here because we're both learning about this situation as well because, you know, like you said, this feels like something that happens in other countries. But 10 years imprisonment would be, I dare say, the umpire who is genuinely fixing a game and saying this bloke gets votes when he's not to try and make some money. So what is it? He's just got some, he's got, what is he a bit loose-lipped in his information that he knows? Well, I don't know. We've got to be careful mm. of, of what we say here because we're only speculating at the moment. There's obviously a, a pretty serious investigation going on. But yeah, there's been, he's obviously privy to information that yep. he is not allowed to tell anyone um, for, for these purposes because if it gets in the wrong hands uh, and people place bets on, on these rounds that, that he's played, and especially, obviously, the, the Brownlow medal. Um, you know, the, the integrity of, of the game, you know, comes, comes under fire. So, uh, yeah, w- we don't want to say exactly what's been said or what potentially could have been said because we just don't know yet. But uh, this is certainly very serious. And um, what falls out of this, it sounds like there will be ramifications and whether it hits jail time, which, which is obviously the, the extreme case, but uh, th- there will be some, some major fallouts from this investigation, I think. He's saying that one of Michael Pell's mates said, hey, uh, Pelly, um, who should I put some money on for the Brownlow? And he said, oh, I don't know. Hang on, excuse me. Patrick, <coughs> Chris. No, that's, that's not what I think I'm saying here. He's saying, <laughs> that's he's, like the opposite of what no, you're no, saying. No, no, again, it's not, it wasn't from Pat, like the winner. It was more round, round v round. So I think you can actually bet live on, on a, who's going to ma- get maximum votes in, yep. in a sp- specific game in, in any round. Right. I think yep. that's, that's what's, what's happened here. Mm, very, very interesting indeed. You know what? I just, I just don't bet. So I just don't punt. Um, I don't understand it, first and foremost. If I did punt, I'd call up Miles Fitz and I'd say, tell me what to do. He'd steer me in the right direction. But too tight to uh, to make May with my money. So the best way to hang on to your money is just to not punt, unless you do have to punt. And Miles Fitz is your man, absolutely. 
Um, let's talk about Live Golf. This is a really, really good thing that's happening in South Australia. Live Golf's Australian arrival is official with confirmation of a tournament to be held in Adelaide in April 2023. The South Australian capital has won the race to host Live Golf's um, Australian debut, edging out Sydney and Brisbane. Just another little L for Dom Perrottet. That's what that is, isn't it? <laughs> Just another Cop that whack dog. behind the, uh, the ears. But, another little uh, fist pump for another, Peter Malinowskis. Another win for South Australia. But yeah, I reckon this is great. This is pretty significant. Some of the names being thrown up that are going to be playing in this tournament already. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to try and get my hands on a ticket. Yeah, I'd be big, keen to go and, and have a look at these these players play. Big filthy Phil Mickelson. Yep. Uh, Cam Smith. Yep. Uh, the absolute best mullet in the town. Dustin Johnson. Dustin I think Johnson. has been thrown up. Very, very good stuff. So... Um, sorry about that, Sydney and Brisbane. They were previously rumoured as the front runners. So Grange Golf Club, whose east course is designed by Live Golf Chief Greg Norman, the big shark, will host the event on April 21 to 23, two weeks after the US Masters. And it's part of a four-year deal. SA Premier Peter Malinowska said uh, the who's who of golf world will come to Adelaide for the event, which will give the state much-needed international exposure. You'll love to see it. So we're going to have the biggest names in golf that you could possibly imagine. Cam Smith, you know, absolute rock star after winning the British Open. Phil Mickelson, Bryson Chambo, uh, Brooks Kepka, uh, Dustin Johnson. I mean, these are the biggest names in, in world golf. They've got their followings on social media. The, the followings of many of their partners on social media, are, you know, are astronomical. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to showcase the state, state to an international market, but critically, fill up hotel rooms across the across our state. Look, I mean, if Rory McIlroy's there for sure, he's not coming. He's not quite coming. But there's some big names there. Yeah, there certainly is. And and the Premier's right. Like, it's going to just drive um, people to come and visit and book out hotel rooms and you know, spend money in restaurants and uh, you know, off the back of having a, a footy festival as well, uh, not, uh, not too far uh, from from that as well. Like, the, the state's going to be in great shape. So Joe's just sent us through a little message saying tickets across the three days, 80 bucks. That's insanely yeah. affordable. Well, I think with some of the uh, the money thrown around by Liv uh, and, and what some of these players are, uh, are getting, uh, they might have funded most of the uh, the money for these tickets. Just ridiculous stuff. 80 bucks for, for, for a full three days. Uh, look, that is extremely doable, considering as well that a lot of these tickets they're saying for the T20 World Cup, some of them were for an adult, um, upwards of 110 bucks. Well, I dare say for one day's cricket for yeah, a couple of hours cricket. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I dare say if, if that's spot on, I'd hurry up and yep. get some because they're not, 80 dollar tickets for three days. They're not going to last long. It's, and that's the thing as well. I mean, they would never have been in a situation like this. How do you judge what is a sellout? For a golf course? Well, I can only imagine you can only have so many people on the course at yeah. any one given time. But so. I imagine the design of being like, hang on, we're in a situation now where we might sell out a golf event because it's obviously so spread out and there's so many different areas you can go to. It's a great situation to be in. If it goes, if it aggressively goes down that path, we're being extremely optimistic here, but how good would that be? It'd be brilliant. And I might have to buy one of those tickets because I want to stand behind uh, Phil Mickelson when he tees off in the on the eighteenth hole and yell out, "Get in the hole!" Yeah, or yell out, "Mashed potatoes." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett said, "How good is it that Live Golf is coming to Adelaide? Sensational! Go Adelaide!" Um, I just don't have enough hands and toes now to work out the 
texts that are coming through just in support of Peter Malinowski doing some big things. Um, just tickling the hearts of every Adelaidean when you bring these big sporting events to South Australia or even back to South Australia, like uh, what's happened with the Adelaide 500. So, for example, with the Adelaide 500, I'm not a revhead at all, but I appreciate events like that, and I might find myself going there and appreciating it. Just, uh, just for the sake of it. Oh, okay. Just, just getting, getting amongst the festivities. Just getting amongst the festivities. Um, and also of the concerts and everything that comes with it. It's a nice little nice little coup to bring back to South Australia, and that's why we are the festival state. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just mentioned earlier that he's done well, the Premier, to, to space these events out as well. So we're going to have one thing to look forward to once that's finished. It'll be on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. So yeah. lucky, lucky us. Yes, uh, next thing you know, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know, it's the Wimbledon final. <laughs> How's that going to happen? Don't know. 13 minutes past 7 o'clock. Doing want to thank the Thai Power and Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas. Uh, big thanks as well to the good folks, Daniel Thomas and the crew down there at Morn Team. Heads up, Morn Team, Ford at Mount Barker. That's where you go for the biggest, the baddest, the V6 Ranger. Uh, you're going to get a top of 17 degrees across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy, which is good news compared to the previous weather where it was raining from almost underneath the ground. It was minus six, I reckon, yesterday. It was snowing and there was frost. And then five minutes later, it was sunny. Welcome to Melbourne. Yeah, we're getting some really strange Melbourne weather at the moment, but uh, sun's out, gun's out at the moment. So mm. uh, we'll, be, we'll be all right. Just get you to put your shirt back on there, Bryce. Thank you. <laughs> My uh, sloppy rig is uh, well and truly tucked away. Don't worry about that. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch. Look, I can't stress this enough. There's no one better than Michelangelo Rucci. has been at the top of his game for decades and decades. We're very lucky. He joins us each and every morning before he does it all again and really slots in nicely to SNSA Drive. Three to five with Kim Dillon. Good morning to you, Roach. Morning, Andrew. Good morning, Bryce. Well, we can probably say that we're ticking off Everything that could ever happen in the AFL at the moment, couldn't we? Oh, who saw this coming, Roach? I mean, this is um, obviously it can't happen because it's done by the media with their Dally M, but there's some real NRL vibes about this scandal. Well, the one with the Brownlow medal is just yet again another reflection that um, stupidity will happen because the umpire who's now alleged to have led this betting scandal surely, surely right now is sitting somewhere in a really bad place thinking, how did I ever think I was going to get away with this? Now, the AFL's constantly um, under fire, and it is at the moment now, about its association with uh, betting agencies. And I can remember when this all began, and uh, sitting down uh, with Andrew Demetro and, and, and arguing with him about where this was all going. And, and his point was pretty strong about if the AFL didn't align itself with the betting agencies, they wouldn't get access to records. And if anyone thinks that if all of a sudden we banned betting on the Brownlow medal in Australia with all the betting agencies here, that this wouldn't happen. Well, all that gambling, all that money would still be happening offshore. I mean, we live in an era where you can 
bet on anything by using your phones and the internet. Now, the AFL clearly believes it's better to be aligned to the betting agency so they can get the records like they have at the moment for this betting scandal. Do you think they would have any luck with an offshore gambling unit in Hong Kong or India? They'd have no chance at all. So that, that's why they remain aligned with the betting agents. So you can argue the, you know, the morality of it and all that sort of stuff. But in the end, the, the practical nature of it is it allows these betting issues now to be exposed quite easily. Now, this umpire surely is sitting there now thinking, how dumb have I been? Because everyone's been warned. Everyone's been well told about this issue and how the AFL's got access to all these betting slips and so forth. So I'm just staggered that someone thought they were going to get away with this, particularly when all sorts of, you know, all sorts of bets that look strange or look like as if, wow, that that one, how did, how did, how did anyone think they were going to put a lot of money on this one? What was, what was the inside knowledge on that? They were always going to get caught. Yeah. Uh, it... Yeah, it is, it is staggering that someone thought they were going to get away with this. So, Rich, how do you think this finishes up in this particular situation? I mean, it's obviously not looking good for Michael Pell. No, but what really challenges now the AFL is to actually have, um, you know, look at the procedural notes on how the umpires, you know, uh, put their votes together to you know, ensure that there's more integrity, more security on that. I mean... That's that's got to be looked at. Um, yeah, in the end, we, what we have is the reassurance the system works. That if you're going to be dumb, you'll get caught. But there's going to have to be a fair bit of uh, work done on the procedural notes so everyone goes and becomes reassured that there's no, you know, no leakage of, of Brownlow Metal Bay. We've we've lived in an era where you know every Brownlow Metal night. You know, oh, there's been a leak that Andrew Hayes is going to pick up 40 votes in this year's Brownlow Medal and it's led to a betting plunge. Well, that's the sort of stuff that the AFL is going to have to work with at the moment. Gee, I'll tell you what, it doesn't be the same day that pigs fly, but... <laughs> well, n- never rule it out, Andrew. <laughs> so re- regardless what comes out of the investigation uh, and to what level uh, Pell is, is in in under his head, the ramifications are going to be significant because the AFL will want to obviously set a precinct in stamping their authority and saying this is just so against what we're all about and the penalty is going to be pretty significant, do you think? Well, you would think, you you would be absolutely certain on that one, Bryce, and what happens then is that once you set that precedent, everyone who follows afterwards is going to be so scared to ever get involved in this again. Now, what the AFL's got to find out is why this happened. In the sense, is it a case of um, someone under enormous financial pressure that they've just fallen in? There's so many stories in life about when you're under an extreme um, difficulty, you you lose you know, your common sense and all that sort of stuff, and you, you, you gamble by gambling. So they're going to have to dig deep into it. But you, you just know that by the end of this, 
the first the first person's dumb, but the second person's going to be extremely dumb to ever go back into this space again. Mm. Roach, how about we just get rid of the umpires having anything to do with the Brownlow Medal, and we can do what every single other professional sporting organisation does and decide these awards through some other avenue? I wouldn't go that far, Andrew. I mean, it's, it's the well, way the Brownlow Medal is... Yeah, why can't we just break tradition with that? I, I'm, I'm sure that's a tradition that wouldn't be missed as soon as it happens. But what's what's the gain from it? Well, what's the gain? Because I just... Uh, I, don't, I don't see where that changes anything for the better. I mean, it's a, a medal that's been... You know, designed from the very beginning for the umpires. And if, if you're going to then argue, oh, well, if you're going to get a panel together uh, of media experts or former players, then it will be a better award. Well, I think we've had enough examples this year with medals, at you know, best on ground medals, where uh, former players, and that's, you can throw Matthew Lloyd into that one, or media experts, Experts, and you can throw Josh Gablek into that one. Get it wrong. So we're not we're not achieving anything that's better by saying the umpires shouldn't vote. Mm. Yeah, that, that's not the answer. And if and if you think that then stops um, the potential for leakage of information, well, I'd, I'd say that's not going to happen either. So I, I, that's not the answer. The issue here is we've had. Someone who's made a terrible, terrible decision. Now, we've got to work out why they were put in that spot where they thought they were going to uh, gain from going down this path when everyone's been under pretty clear knowledge that you were going to get caught if you were going to bet. I mean, how many players have been caught over the past decade? If an umpire thought that he was going to be able to work this one through and not get caught. He was kidding himself, and, and clearly has. I mean, the, the proof of the system is that this has been exposed. Yeah, but just, I mean, the question from that, though, Rich, is how can, you be, how can it be guaranteed that it is almost an isolated incident? I mean, who knows what's been happening behind the scenes and people who haven't been caught? Oh, well, there's enough examples over a long, long time of where there's probably, you know, suspicions have been there and, you know, at this point, I think you you can pretty well be a little bit sure that because all those you know, betting accounts are heavily investigated, and if there's a suspicious bet, uh, they'll be deeply investigated. I think you can be a little bit more reassured than ever before. But yeah, look, what we know about any um, any issue where there's going to be human sin, the, the temptation, you know, financial difficulties, you know, they're going to exist forever and ever. The, the real question is, do we have enough security systems in place to catch out these, these slip-ups? Uh, I think this one leaves you with more reassurance than doubt. Yeah. Roach, before I let you go, um, I'm not sure if you're a golf enthusiast, but uh, a live golf tournament coming to our great state. Uh, we're calling it absolutely great news. How do you feel about it? Yeah, no, look, it's another another win for Peter Malinowskis in just getting some vibrancy around South Australia and saying, look, we're, we're on the map, not only nationally, but internationally. Um, I think the big question will be who sees the opportunity because the, the live... Uh, 
tournaments do have a fair bit of a fair bit of doubt over them in the sense of other Saudis using sport, you know, to wash away a few other sins. So I, I dare say someone will seize on the opportunity to protest on this event when it gets to Grange. But that that's life as we live at the moment. It's everyone's entitled to have their their say on. You know whether they believe this live tournament is is the right thing. You know, morally because of the Saudis' record with human rights. So it's another one. It's just as we have with Qatar with the World Cup. It'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, we've already had the players, the soccerers, were the first to speak out. But what actually happens during the tournament is someone going to find some way to make a protest on that one as well. So we probably have the same thing happening at Grange in April. So yeah. That's the world we live in. Spot on, Roach. Can't please everyone. We know that. Um, But what you can please is our listeners by turning up this afternoon from 3 to 5 with Kim Dillon. Appreciate your time, mate. And hopefully we'll chat again tomorrow if that's okay with you. We can bet on it. Excellent. (laughs) Good finish. (laughs) Michelangelo Rucci joining us this morning on 1629 SENSA. It's just an absolute mess. Uh, And look, Callum's just texted through. And said uh, Tim Donaghy is a name to look at in the world of corrupt sports officials. Huge NBA story. And that was that um, episode of it just won't get into my brain anymore. What's it called? The Untold Series. The Untold Series. Yeah, yeah. So that's just outrageous. That's match fixing at an official level to the absolute extreme. Yeah. But like the uh, Roach articulated the, the situation spot on. He said... The, the integrity of the game sort of the most important. And if you're going to cheat the system, you're going to get caught. So you can be, you can take it on at your will. But uh, as we've seen, we've seen some little incidents with players getting involved in, in betting on, on AFL matches, which is an absolute no-go zone. Uh, and that obviously filters out to umpires. And I think it's all staff and officials in the organisation actually can't bet on yeah. on anything to do with AFL footy. So yep. that's including the Brownlow. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, well said, Roach. Mm, all right. Uh, doing it this morning, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. They are the real house of fragrances this Christmas. We're going to speak to Billy Dowling, North Adelaide youngster, who looks like he's going to find an AFL home in the upcoming draft very, very soon. Uh, it's 7.31. Good morning. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than that Yeah, good morning to you. 0427 That is the text line. So get involved this morning. This one reads, hey, legends. Who says the umpire did it deliberately? He writes down a few notes that's uh, given and then has it in his shorts pocket. Local dry cleaner finds it in the note and places a couple of bets. He tells a mate who's a serious gambler. He places a few bigger bets, etc. Possibly the umpire didn't even know it was happening. It's from AJ in Port Wollonga. That is a long-winded story, AJ. <laughs> yeah. Very suspicious indeed. It's got guilty written all over it, doesn't it? <laughs> I just have my shorts in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got guilty written all over it. <laughs> All right, get the text coming through, 0427-154-166. Adelaide United is on fire. Uh, one of their assistants is Mark Milligan, Socceroos champion and also former victory player. Um, so we'll speak to him next, get his thoughts on how sweet it was to beat his old side. Reds powering towards uh, another finals berth. I know it's early in the season, but we're just locking him in right now. Is that we okay? Get, we're up and about. Yeah. They're sitting in the top three. Bloody oath we are. Here come the Reds, baby. And then we're going to speak to Billy Dowling, North Adelaide draft prospect. We'll do that before 8 o'clock. 
Keep those texts coming through, 0427 154 166. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas. Safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Good morning to you. Text lines open, 0427 154 166. What we like to do, Gibbsy, is get really, really excited, sometimes prematurely, but uh, it just feels like in this case we're getting excited for the right reasons. And we talk about Adelaide United just sitting beautifully inside the top three. They certainly are, and three wins on the trot. They're yeah. uh, they're in some really nice form at the moment, the Reds. Yes, you're only as good as your last game too, particularly when you go into a bit of a uh, World Cup break. You like to just reflect on your previous game. And they smashed Melbourne victory. Geez, you love to see it. Arch rivals too. On on your home deck. Yeah. 3-0. How good's that? As, as good as it gets to tell us all about it uh, is assistant coach and Socceroos champion, former Socceroos champion Mark Milligan. He joins us again. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning. How are we? Going very well, thanks, mate. How good was that? Yeah, it was excellent. Um, fantastic Friday night, uh, New Cooper Stadium, as close to a full house as you get. So, look, I think the the scene was set, and and the boys definitely delivered. Have you got a, still got a soft spot for uh, Melbourne Victory, given your time there all those years ago? Well, it wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> no, no. Um, look, it was a very, very satisfying night. Uh, you always <laughs> have, I guess that that affiliation to, to your old clubs and they played a big role in my career but um you know first and first and foremost and you know, I think I made this clear during the week as well my affiliation and my loyalty very much lies with Adelaide United. So Mark what have you been most impressed with so far in the season only tasting the one loss so far this campaign uh the the team synergy looks to be in a great spot what what's impressed you most to start this season? Look, in all honesty, I think it's the, the, the player's ability to take information and, and execute it in quickly as well. You know, I've seen it from the very beginning. Um, you know, Carl's asked a lot of them from, from the very start of preseason and, you know, he's changed a few things from, from last, from, from last year and, you know, you see them taking in this information. It always takes a little while to, to sort of sink in, but I think especially on Friday night, it was a short turnaround after Western United. Um, Western United was a good result, but there was, you know, a few areas that we, we really wanted to focus on and, and wanted the, the players to improve on. And I think, as I said, with that short turnaround, the way they took information and then went out and executed on Friday night was, was amazing. So, mate, we talk about the wins and we talk we get so excited with the goals, etc. But how important for you guys as well to keep a clean sheet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's something that, that we, we've spoken about. Uh, you know, we look into a lot. We know that we're, we're going to score goals. Uh, so if we keep clean sheets, you know, that's the sort of catalyst for us to get good results. And, and I think you saw, I don't know, maybe you didn't after the game, uh, I was sitting down with, with uh, the defence and Damien Murray was there as well. And normally normally the keeper's norm, uh, supposed to be a part of that, but he was a little bit busy dancing around. But other than that, it's something that we, we do focus on. And, you know, the boys very much pride themselves on the way that we defend. Just on that as well, just a one-off for Joe Gauchi, or is that uh, the way that he um, uh, performs after each and every game? Well, that's the one time I've seen it, and we're hoping for the last time. <laughs> no, look, he, he enjoyed himself. He he was one of the last ones out there doing, you know, it was part of the job. He was out there signing all, all the autograph fans, and I think he probably got around to everyone that was in the stadium. So he had every right to be uh, to be celebrating that. That clean sheet has been a little while coming this season, so um, look, fair play to him. What happens? What's on the uh, schedule now? A nice solid break. 
Yeah, it's um, obviously a little bit strange, I think, across the board with the timing of the World Cup and things like that. But you know, as I said, as I've touched on before, I think you know it's another chance for us to to take it up a notch with the boys, um, you know, get a lot more work into them, get some information into them, and you know, really utilise this this couple of weeks that we have. Um, you know, we we've always sort of spoke about this break and and how we use it and then what we expect from after it. So look, it's up for up to us now. They get a few days, they get a few days off and then they'll be back hard at work. So Craig Goodwin's obviously a, a part of the, the World Cup squad. He's obviously a pivotal part of, uh, of the team and, and how we've performed this year. You think we can cover him uh, easily? Yeah, look, it's going to be, uh, he's a big loss. So I think, you know, well, you see, and, and we've mentioned it a number of times, he's so important on the pitch, uh, you know, what he brings to a game. But his leadership around the change room and on a daily basis is, is very, very important. But you know, in saying that, we have a lot of experience around the change room. And uh, I think you see the, the leadership in other players, you know, on nights like Friday night, that's, that's a very big occasion. And, you know, we had young players who did fantastic. Ethan Aligic coming in, I thought was outstanding. He doesn't get to put in that kind of performance without you know the players that he has around him and the leadership that they show. Mate, you're one of the most capped soccerers of all time. Ahead of a World Cup and something like this, how, as a former player, how invested are you in the Socceroos' success? And, I mean, when you watch some of these games, are, are you watching on the edge of your seat or are you pretty relaxed with the whole situation? Yeah, well, during most of the qualifying campaign, it was quite an anxious uh, situation because I was with Paramount and you know at the at the games and and commentating them also very much still felt a part of it and I'm a little bit um, withdrawn now in terms of you know my my work and you know we're extremely busy here so at the moment it's it's quite calm I haven't really thought about it too much obviously you see bits and pieces of players arriving and you know you can feel the the hype I guess start to start to build and. Look, I'm very much looking forward to Monday morning. I think uh, you know a lot of these players haven't haven't experienced World Cups, and you know probably a sim- similar situation to to what we're in here. They're going to need the the ones that have your Matty Ryan's, even Aziz Bates and Aaron Moyes to to really sort of step up and and lead this what is quite a young group through through this tournament. It's obviously it's hard to predict anything at all, but expectations what, what could we possibly achieve at this world cup do you think look i think you're you're looking as i said there's a lot of um i guess debutants and, and players who haven't been to world cup there's not a great deal there's a lot of players with not a great deal of caps so look i think you're, you're just looking for for the performances first and foremost it's, it's another chance for these players to uh, you know experience football at the very very top level and the only way you breed world-class players is to put them in world-class situations so it's a chance for like i said these young players to go and experience that and we we know the i guess the heart and soul of the socceroos and you know the pride that they carry so i have no doubt they'll hold themselves in the highest esteem and look you want them to be more than competitive and we we experienced it last World Cup. We even though France went on to win it, we know that a team like France early on in a tournament can be very vulnerable. And also, it's it's a brand new system. They're playing. They're coming out of season. Players have played over the weekend. They start next Monday. It's a short turnaround for international football. So look, anything can happen. And we know that if we get the chance, we'll be there to take advantage of it. I mean, before we let you go as well, you mentioned it earlier on that uh, how good it was to play in front of uh, home fans at refurbished Cooper Stadium, but Mate, can you describe to us what the noise was like? Just over 13,000 fans. And as we know, there's a lot of victory fans as well. They're very vocal at the best of times. What was the atmosphere like? 
Yeah, it was fantastic. And it was something we spoke about before the game. That's, that's what football should be. That's what, you know, I grew up you know, watching, whether it be England or games in Spain, that, that atmosphere, that, that stadium, that setup, you know, fans close, you, you, you feel like they're out on the pitch with you. And, you know, on a Friday night, uh, you know, as well, it's, um, it's a, it's a different feeling. So, Look, I'm I'm so pleased that uh, you know our fans came out the, the way they did. We knew, we knew that they would, and as I said, they didn't let the players down, and, and the players definitely did their part. Mate, we love how much access we get to have chats with you, and also we love how up and about the Reds are. So enjoy the break, and um, we'll speak to you again really soon. All good. Thank you very much. Cheers. Mark Milligan. Uh, joining us this morning, and yes, the Reds up and about. If you were there as well, send us a text, 0427 154 166. Just great atmosphere. So I live in West Croydon. And so Highmarsh is probably a couple of k's away. And it was just, at one stage I went out in my backyard and the noise was just booming oh, through. You could hear it pretty clearly. Could just great, yes. Yeah, right. Like more so than usual. So yeah. it was a really, really good crowd. Yeah, well, they've obviously done wonders with this this new stand. And the state, it's it's actually a good venue to, to watch sport in. I've been to a few games and uh, it is a, a great little atmosphere in uh, Cooper Stadium. Yep. Um, we're going to speak to Billy Dowling from North Adelaide next ahead of the draft, which is fast approaching, 28th of November. So looking forward to that. And hopefully this young man, I'm very confident that he'll find a home because this is a kid uh, with some skills that you just can't teach, knows how to find the football. Yeah, he certainly does. Uh Got a bit of a, a nervous wait coming up with the draft, but um, I'm sure he'll be fine and he's done uh, some great things this year. Yep, doing it thanks to Tire Power as well. The great race sale is on right now. It's nine minutes to wait. Good morning. Immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Great to have your company this morning. It is four minutes to eight o'clock. Gibbsy, I think that you can train uh, a lot in an AFL player. You can develop skills, you can develop fitness, you can develop all sorts of things, but some things you can't train for and you can't develop, and that is just a knack for being in the right place at the right time and naturally finding the football. It's not easy. No, and the uh, man we're about to speak to, Billy Dowling, is one of those players. Uh, he's had an unbelievable year with North Adelaide and uh, looking forward to chatting to him now. Certainly has. Averaging over, he averaged over 30 disposals in the under-18s, including a 44-disposal performance in round 16 against Glenelg, where he picked up four goals, three as well. Absolutely on fire. We're looking forward to see him progressing in the AFL. Good morning, Billy. Good morning, boys. Thank you for having me on. Mates, uh, thanks for jumping on board with us. Um, geez, I suppose just a bit of a nervous wait now heading up into the draft. How are you feeling your days? Yeah, well, sort of got a few exams left uh, with school and stuff like that. But I guess, you know, once that's all over, you can sort of tend attention to the draft. But, you know, end of the day, I guess it's out of your control from here on in. So I think it's just, you know, enjoying yourself, hanging out with your family and your friends and stuff like that. And hopefully just the days roll over, I guess. Mate, how many, how many exams have you got left? Uh, I got one more exam. I've done two already, so this is the third one. Knocked that over, and um, yeah, all done. Beautiful. How have, uh, so? How have you found your year, Billy? Uh, you've obviously had a, a pretty impressive one if you look at the stats purely alone. But um, how have you found your year? Have you been happy with it? Yeah, it's definitely been a very um, enjoyable year for sure. Like being out in North Adelaide, we've had you know great team success right the way through, and I'm fortunate enough to play in the grand final Adelaide Oval at the end of the year, and then. You know, splitting my time evenly there with Saints, which has always been great fun. I think, you know, the main thing this year is just been enjoying it. And, you know, whatever happens on field will sort itself um, off field, you know, with all the drafts and stuff like that. So I think the main thing is just been enjoying your footy and focusing on what you can de- develop and, you know, whatever comes with that happens, I guess. 
What's been the big focus points for you, mate? What have you been working on in particular this year to take your game to the next level? Oh, I think just the work rate's probably the most important thing, you know, inside and outside the stoppage, just, you know, being as tough as you can. I think just keep cracking in there. Um, I think, you know, if you have your work rate high and, you know, you know you're prepared to play a good game and you're there mentally, you're going to, you know, have a pretty consistent day and impact, which is the most important thing, I think. You know, just knuckling down on your running patterns make sure that, you know, you're defensive and offensively balanced, I think, which is the most important thing. I think the last sort of couple of years, mate, we've learned that uh, not all of these kids are happy to, to move into state. What, what about yourself? Uh, obviously, you're an SA boy, and it would be great. We'd love to see you develop in South Australia, but are you happy to move into state for a chance at an AFL career? Yeah, like, to be honest, it'd just be, you know, the opportunity to be on the AFL list would be, you know, amazing and obviously a dream come true. So, yeah, that's never been a problem. In a way, I think it's, you know, pretty exciting, um, you know, moving to a different environment and, you know, sort of developing yourself somewhere else and probably being in an environment that you're not so used to and stuff like that, which is pretty exciting. But, you know, just to be in an, on an AFL list and have the opportunity to, I wouldn't be flustered where it's at, I guess. So no doubt you would have uh, spoken to a, a couple of AFL clubs already. Uh, how many have you you spoken to and, and how did you find that process? It can be a little bit daunting at times speaking to recruiters and did they throw any curly questions at you that, uh, that stumped you? Um, yeah, so I think you sort of get, you know, a bit of dialogue throughout the year and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're just there to, you know, try and make your job easier. They don't really give you too much feedback and stuff like that because you understand you've got so many coaches and, you know, develop people in your side that are trying to, you know, develop your footy, I guess. So I think the main thing for them is just trying to, you know, get to know um, you as a person. I guess they throw a few, you know, curly questions. There's a lot of focus this year, obviously, on, um, you know, interstate and how that looks and things like that, which is very understandable, obviously, how the league's looking at the moment. But, um, yeah, end of the day, they just sort of try to get to know you as a person. And, um, you know, it's not too daunting when you you come comfortable with them and you have a good chat with them and stuff like that because, you know, end of the day, they're got your best interests at heart, which is the most important thing. Oh, mate, you've got something which most players don't have, and that is just a natural ability to find the, the pill, averaging over 30 disposals in the under-18 comp. Um, who are your favourite players and who, I suppose, which players do you do you watch to try and model your game on? Um, oh, coming up as a Collingwood fan um, over the last 10 years, it's pretty hard to not say um, Scotty Pendlebury as my favourite player. And I think I love watching him and, you know, Josh Dunkley. The way they go about it is just you know, really impressive. They're damaging and they, you know, look to hit the scoreboard and stuff like that. So um, there's definitely great players, especially, you know, that taller midfielder that I can definitely model my game off and have learned so much from, you know, throughout the years. Take us through the Collingwood connection. Where did that all start? Uh, so Dad grew up in Yarrawonga in Melbourne, and then you know, when he moved over here with Mum, he basically forced uh, my family and I to you know, get around Collingwood, and to be honest, it's been amazing. Like We had a great year this year. Um, we're unfortunate enough to be at the 2018 Grand Final where we lost by goal, but um, no, nah, the greatest club. <laughs> so have you been over there? Have you seen the facilities and, or anything like that? And have you met any of these players? I mean... I imagine uh, meeting someone like Scotty Penderbury, if you have had a chance, would be an unbelievable experience. Yeah, so we were fortunate enough um, for the Combine. Um, when we did our 2K, we ran around the um, Holden Centre track, which was an um, awesome experience, like where they train and stuff like that. So I'm fortunate enough to you know, be in the vicinity of their facilities and stuff like that, which is an awesome experience. And I guess you see a f- like a few of the players around the track, and I have met them before. You know, Obviously, being lucky enough to go in the rooms like once or twice when I was quite young, but... Um, yeah, that's obviously something I'd yeah I'd really look forward to moving forward. 
uh, mate. So just in terms of, uh, I mean, if he did stay in South Australia, how would that sit with the with the family? I'm guessing is mum sort of keen for you to stay here at any stage? Um, oh, I think they're pretty. Like the way I was looking at it is just you know if you're lucky enough to end up anywhere. Um, obviously, I know how tough and competitive the system is. So the main thing is that. You know, you just sit there, you don't have any um, preconceived ideas come into the night. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to be on an AFL list, regardless of where it is, just um, go in there and you work as hard as you can to you know, make a difference and make an impact at AFL level, I guess. Oh, mate, we loved your journey. Um, look, I'm confident that you're going to be playing at an AFL side next year. Can't wait to watch you progress and uh, all the best with it, mate. And I know it's going to be a nervous way, but uh, good luck filling in the days. And they're going to drag on the next few days, I reckon. Awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine they're going <laughs> to... Yeah, start to slow up in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, good stuff, mate. Good luck. Awesome. Cheers, Gizzy. Cheers, Aji. Uh, Billy Dowling from North Adelaide joining us this morning. Um, really, really good kid as well. On top of all that, I mean, some of the kids that we get to chat to this morning, Billy Dowling right at the top, they're really, really good kids. And you just know, you speak to them for five minutes and you know that they would fit in beautifully at any AFL club. Yeah, he's certainly, uh, you know, still got his head on his shoulders and, uh, he seems very mature, doesn't he? He speaks very well, and um, whoever picks him up uh, are going to get uh, a very good player and a very good person. Mm, indeed. All right, we're going to speak to David Zeta from Melbourne, a Fox Sports journalist over there. We'll get the latest on what's happening with the AFL betting scandal. Uh, still plenty of time as well to give us a call, one 736 736 On that as well, get yourself in the running to win a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at fifty nine ninety five. It's three minutes past eight. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Good morning to you. Coming to you this morning, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, a real house of fragrances this Christmas. Uh, time to get on one of the best sports journos in the country, and that is David Zeta from Fox Sports in Melbourne. Good morning to you, David. Hey, Gibbsy, good to be with you. Mate, good to speak to you. There's a lot happening over in your part of the world. Let's start, of course, with the uh, thing that's doing all the rounds this morning, in particular the AFL betting scandal. Um, what can you tell us? What's the latest? Because this is just uh, an unfortunate, I wouldn't say unfortunate, it's a horrible situation for the AFL to be in. We were joking before, it's got real NRL vibes about it, but it's the AFL's turn. <laughs> yeah, look, it's 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 not a great thing to, uh, to be reading about, to be reporting on, but yeah, we, we know that, um, an AFL umpire by the name of uh, Michael Pell is, is the official at the centre of alleged uh, suspicious betting activity in relation to this year's Brownlow medal. So um, he was released along with four others uh, from police custody and he's expected to be charged uh, on summons. So he'll have to appear in court uh, as, well, as well as those three other individuals. So uh, uh, items were seized, electronic devices at, at four different households or four different properties. Um, we need to now just figure out what actually took place. So look, the allegations at this stage are that there's uh, someone as Pell has uh, provided information on spot betting to the, the three individuals, or at least one of them in question, um, which is round by round betting activity, as opposed to just betting outright on the winner of a Brownlow medal. Um, and then from there, the bets have become, uh, would have raised red flags at the betting agencies due to how specific they were, as well as the amounts. Um, and they would have been across... Uh, multiple betting agencies, we believe, and then um, obviously you just start doing some some stock standard detecting detective work and and uh, tracing it back to what the common denominator is, and that would have been that um, you know those the amount of those bets and the umpire one of the umpires who would have been on all those matches 
perhaps potentially uh, Michael Pell. So that, that's how these things we understand played out at this stage. And now it's a matter of um, how how extensive was it and how um, nefarious was it in terms of the uh, the, the intentions of, of who's been accused. So it's not it's not great. These are pretty serious charges. They carry up to up to ten years in jail. Um, we don't I don't think anyone expects it to get to that point. But these are pretty. Um, they're pretty confronting things to read about, and it would be uh, staring those at the centre of it uh, square in the face this morning. Um, they would be, I, I would assume, um, just absolutely mortified at what could happen to them next as a result of this, if it's found to be proven true. So how, how long does this process play out? Is this something that gets squashed on the head pretty quickly, or does it will it take a little bit of time to get all this yeah. information and and then obviously come down with, with whatever sanction they, they get handed? Well, well, I think anything regarding the law, it's, it's, uh, it probably takes a fair bit of time. Um, look, sometimes these cases um, can take up to up to a year to resolve. Um, they're not things that get done quickly. Having said that, they're not cases usually that are of a magnitude that's quite this high. We've seen some some high-profile cases in the past, and I think over in the NBA as well, where um, these things have happened. But nothing that's I guess from from a Victorian and South Australian footy bubble point of view, has been this quite this big. Remember the Jaden Stevenson uh, situation a few years, a couple of years back, but it's not the same thing. Given that this is a bit of a different um, situation, now it could take up to a year. That's that's the reality of it. These things take ages. So they get charged with the summons, they appear in court, they'll have to hire lawyers, uh, they'll have to request full briefs, they'll have a record of all interviews. You have a case conference with the prosecutor. You can try and get a diversion so you can try and get a caution uh, without an actual penalty then you've got to think about whether they plead not guilty um, if they plead not guilty and are found guilty then becomes a much worse penalty um, there's so much administrative work to take place here and procedural work that has to unfold from now until then so you know potentially the umpire we would expect that there would be a, some sort of stand down clause in place um, that could uh, be activated as a result of this, but it's not something that I think we'll get a resolution on any time soon in terms of a definitive outcome, because these things take time, which is which is the reality of it. And that's might be <laughs> frustrating to some who want an answer today, but that's the reality. Speaking of timelines, uh, mate, do we still expect uh, the um, Hawthorne Races investigation to sort of conclude around mid-December? Yeah, look, that's that's what the expectations being by by the AFL. We know that um, it, it's really a matter of how how much work the the panel can do um, given the parameters that have been set, and then also um, in terms of the families uh, involved being involved in this um, in this investigation and, and how much they want to partake in it. And we know that they've uh, some have tentatively agreed to participate in the probe and. The AFL is also preparing a wider league response. We know that um, Amy, which is a pseudonym, uh, pseudonym sorry, used for, um, for one of the individuals, uh, it says that the investigation isn't culturally safe or it's not truly independent, so they're not participating. Um, but this is something that is now in progress and it's, and it's happening. Um, look, the, the probe, there's a one-week extension until next Friday, I believe, that's been issued um, for any other people to come forward. Uh, and that's something that has to take place in, if anyone wants to register and participate in the probe. So it's not, again, it's not going to uh, get done anytime soon. I would say that having this whole thing done by December is, is quite a stretch. I don't think that will happen. Um, but it is something that is progressing 
even albeit slowly, um, and it seems like it's now getting off the ground after a fairly troubled start when I think we all realise these <laughs> and most and the AFL realise this thing does not take um, is not as easy to click your fingers and get and get the review underway. There's a lot more uh, due process, as in this other case here, where things have to be followed and it takes time. That's the reality of it. You just don't get an off season, do you? When do you take holidays? There, there's huh. no off button for the AFL. No, well, I could ask the same thing over there, guys. It's um, you, yeah, you. you um, I was speaking to someone yesterday, and like, oh yeah, the um, the the men are getting back for um preseason soon. It, it, it doesn't really stop. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I know the AFL is quite good at um keeping itself in the news cycle. I, I doubt that this is uh, anywhere anywhere close to that. This is probably not what they wanted when they thought about being yeah. in the news cycle. Um, but it's certainly uh, it's certainly a while. Even uh, Gil Gil was meant to be uh, retired. At, uh, finished up here a while ago you might be there for for a fair while yet so um yeah i'm not uh, i'm staying on i don't get much of an off season as well i just don't get the paycheck that uh, the guild does so i'll try and work on that <laughs> if you guys can help me out at some point hey mate just quickly on it before we let you go just on gil mclaughlin does it it does look like he's probably staying on for another 12 months oh I, it's hard i i don't i don't know if it's going to be 12 months i, I just it's not going to be clearly when we thought of it, but it could be sometime next year. He's leaving. He has to figure out these things. I, I genuinely don't feel like he even knows what he's finishing at this at this point, just given what is currently transpiring. So um, he needs to hand it over. I think he, he himself has said that, you know, he's leaving, but there's a few things going on. He has to get it settled enough. I don't think they all need to be resolved. I just think these matters need to be heading towards a resolution. And from that point, then I think he goes. But I, I don't think another 12 months, that would be... Uh, It'd be quite the extension, but um, we've seen stranger things happen, that's for sure. Yeah, mate, so I appreciate your time this morning. You're always really generous with your time. There's so much happening over there, and we'll touch base with you really soon. Hopefully, we've got some more positive things to talk about next time. Agreed. Speak soon. See you, see Gibbsy. David Zeta joining us from Fox Sports, absolutely one of the best in the business. Um, so back next, Gibbsy. It's 14 minutes past 8 o'clock, and still plenty of time to uh, send through a text, get yourself in the mix for this little Signet Boost power bank um, because there's a spare one here. You're going to take the other one home and try and charge up your Holden. Right. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, it's overdue for a service too, so I think it's my fault. Yeah, it's definitely your fault, mate. Yeah, it's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> there's, no other, <laughs> there's no other excuse here. Uh, 14 minutes past 8 o'clock. Top of 17 across Adelaide today. It'll be partly cloudy. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. I'm looking at oh, it's been a fun morning. It's really been a fun morning. Some good texts have come through this morning. 0427 154 166. I've uh, got this one from Ange as well. He said, I've other worked with Peter Malinowskis that much that I called him yesterday and asked him if he could get my testicles back for my wife and bring them back to Adelaide for me. He asked if I wanted her thumbprint removed from my forehead as well. I said, yes, please. Thank you, Pete Lowell. Bidding that from Ange. So much to unpack from that text. <laughs> a lot to unpack. It's a good text, nonetheless. Thanks for sending it through. And still time. Send another quick little one. Maybe still time for a quick call as well. one 736 736 But uh, in terms of Peter Malinowskis and Live Golf, a great result for the South of South, South Australia. So let's hear from Peter Malinowskis and some of these big names are going to be turning up in April. So we're going to have the biggest names in golf that you could possibly imagine. Cam Smith. You know, absolute rock star after winning the British Open. Phil Mickelson, Bryson Achambeau, uh, Brooks Kepka, 
uh, Dustin Johnson. I mean, these are the biggest names in, in world golf. They've got their followings on social media. The, the followings of many of their partners on social media are, you know, are astronomical. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to showcase the state, state to an international market, but critically, fill up hotel rooms across the across our state. There you go. Good for the economy. Here's the other thing as well. If you were sitting there going, well, am I going to be into this or not? And this isn't a um, paid advertisement. It's Jace, our producer, who got in our ears before and said, oh, by the way, it's $80 for a three-day um, pass. Three days of golf for 80 bucks. That seems extremely reasonable. It's cheap as chips when you think about it. Mm. And I dare say that they'll get snapped up pretty quickly. Yeah, spot on. You, I, I want to go now. Well, you're going to play in the Pro-Am, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, the Pro-Am. Charge a 1000 bucks and you can you, you bucks go over hit with them. Mate, I don't even know which end to hold a you golf club. Rub shoulders with uh, some of the best in the world. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, play golf holding it like a hockey stick. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore style. <laughs> Only without right. the solid connection. Just tap, tap it in. Just tap it in. So there you go. Um, look, it's all happening. 21st of April is when that all kicks off. Can't wait for it. Now, what's next for Peter Malinowskis? A few suggestions coming through. Maybe it is a Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe. Watch this space. Uh, the absolute bare minimum, the World Cup, uh, the uh, Wimbledon uh, Cup final. <laughs> um, all right, so it is 22 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning, um, and we'll be back next to wrap it all up. Uh, and, of course, we're going to thank our good friends at Morn Team, Daniel Thomas and the guys down there. Outstanding work. Morn Team forward, Mount Barker. That's where you find the V6 Ranger. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Ooh, time for a quick call. One's around at 736 736. Let's go to Eddie. Good morning to you, great man. You got some feedback for our very good friend, Bryce Gibbs? <laughs> G'day, blokes. You need a new segment on Friday, I reckon. Collect the uh, collect Gibbsy's butchering of the cliches. Like, I heard at least <laughs> three of them this morning. The last one was... Uh, he, he's got a head on his shoulders. Uh, I think he's he's either got his head screwed on right, or he's still got a good head on his shoulders. <laughs> a fake one or the other, but yes. I reckon call him gibberisms or gibberoonies or I don't know what that. Live with you, boys. Talk yeah. soon. Bye. Good on you, Eddie. That's good. Come oh, little way. Gibsyisms. Thanks for the feedback, Eddie. He's certainly got a head on his shoulders. He's always. <laughs> You'd want to hope so, wouldn't you? You wouldn't have been speaking otherwise. <laughs> is, that, is that what you mean? Sometimes they just sort of all merge into one, you know? Uh, oh, so. he, he understood what I was trying to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't think, all that bad. Yeah, it was like he's just being efficient with his words with Bryce Gibbs, <laughs> just uh, merging a couple of cliches into Don't one. Worry. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, that's, that wasn't right. <laughs> just, no. uh, Eddie's picked up on it. Good on him. You set the tone nice and early this morning. Yeah, we know I'm that as well. To look after your tyre safety on and off the road, Get the tyre of expert advice at Tyre Power. <laughs> uh, it's all good stuff. And the good folks at Tyre Power going, no, no, that's not the message we're trying to put no. through. Yeah, good on you. You, just, you don't miss here, do you? No, you no don't. No one misses. I really prey on a mistake. <laughs> uh, Shane from North Haven, quick text. He said, for all those complaining about Liv and their owners, make sure you don't use Uber, Facebook, go to a concert by Live Nation, watch anything from Disney, use Nintendo. These are some of the companies the PIF invest in. I think it's a great thing to bring Adelaide, bring it on. It's a really good point from Shane. That's, that's nearly checkmate. Mm. A couple of power banks if we give out this morning. I know Mark from Perth, we're going to give him one. And um, we'll see if we can get Shane in the mix as well, because that's a good, strong that finish a, to the text was, line. That was a good start to the text line and a 
great one to finish. A <laughs> real good finish as well. Hey, catch your first thing tomorrow morning from 6 a.m. Make sure you download the podcast. A lot of good stuff in there. Enjoy the rest of your day. Top of 17 across Adelaide today. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.